Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. We're back with another bonus episode. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we review a different country's national final and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance. A second bite of the cherry. Yes, and at the end of the series, it's you, the listeners, who vote for your favourites. And at the live event, at the end of the year, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. But that's a long way off. (laughs) As you know, if you listened to us last week, we are running down this year's actual Eurovision entries. Not the ones that got away, the ones that didn't get away. We're going to bloody well do Eurovision. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'll tell you what, Monty, we did all the niceties last week, as in like an hour ago, our time. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Shall we just jump straight into the songs? Yeah, let's. They know what they're going to get. So, semi-final two is what we're talking about. So, we're going to jump straight in. First in the running order for the second semi-final is Finland and the song Jezebel by Larasmus. Monty, thoughts on Lerasmus? Well, I'd never heard of the Rasmus. I know everybody got a bit excited. Really? Going, oh, the Rasmus. Oh, they had that big hit. I hadn't heard of them. And when I Googled the song and played it, I hadn't heard the song either. Wow. I don't recognise it at all. Um, so, yeah, this is like a another band to me. Um, I quite like this. It's not my taste, but there's something... There's a, a lot of energy about it. I can see why it's been chosen to open the second semi-final. A rock song again. That rock song brought Finland a good result last year. A little bit unexpected for me. So I have to go, well, yeah, this is going to qualify. Because what do I know? Well, look, they qualified from first, as in they qualified for Eurovision by winning the national final. They were first on, I think, in that national final, in the final. So, like, it can be done. They know how to do it. Yeah, their song in the 2000s was huge. It was, I loved it. I think I've got an old play uh, iPod somewhere with that <laughs> song on. I think this is another one where the local support lifted the chances of an okay song. However, I do feel like this is going to get the votes internationally as well for that reason you just said. It's rock. It's really good. It's, it's, they are doing exactly what they should be doing. This is a song they would release. They just happen to be part of that national final and it's going to Eurovision. That's what I like to see. And I think I think it's going to qualify. Second up, it's Israel. Michael Ben David with I Am. This is a bit of a camp fest, isn't mm. it? Yeah. I I know we champion queerness on this podcast, and we do. But blimey, this is hard for me to get into. I'm struggling to understand why that is as well. 
Michael is pushing that queerness and it certainly isn't, you know, as cliche ridden as someone like Todrick Hall for our people out there who know who Todrick Hall is. Uh, but this isn't landing for me. And I I think it's to do with the fact that the song has been revamped. And the first version was very derivative, very, I, I felt just a bit over the top, a bit too try hard. This revamp is actually a big improvement. So it's a bit more authentic. I worry about the song's chances at Eurovision though. I'm a bit confused and conflicted with this one. Got to, got to be honest. I actually love it. I really like the. I mean, we've been listening to this kind of song in queer clubs for a long time. Um, and I think it's difficult to imagine that this would get the kind of mainstream support as it probably will this year um, without cultural phenomena like RuPaul's Drag Race. And, you know, this feels like it's lifted very much out of that vein of kind of like, you know, camp, powerful, owning, over-the-top performance. I think it could be very easily misinterpreted as being arrogant because of some of the lines in there, but it's actually about kind of giving confidence and giving self-belief. So I... I, I know what you mean. I think there are elements where I think lots of people will find this a little bit too over the top, but I love it. And in a, in a year where we do have so many ballads, I really, really enjoy the energy of this. I don't know if it's going to qualify, but I really would love to see it in the final. Mm, well, we shall see. So next up is Serbia with Constructor with the song Incompressano. <laughs> Monty, thoughts on Serbia this year? This is the masterpiece of 2022. This is stunning. I adore it with all of my heart. It's crazy. And there's lots of people not going to get this at all. And I think the fact that they're keeping it in Serbian will be an additional barrier. But there's just something magnificent in how different this is and the risk that it's taking. I adore it. Okay. It it is a risk. Uh, I've heard so many interpretations of what this song is about unattainable beauty standards for women, the state of the Serbian healthcare system, something about commemorating a friend that died. And she's, I've heard so many, none of them make sense to me, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm one of those people that don't get this. It's way out there. It's more like a contemporary art piece than it is a performance. And I take performance art. Yeah. I take issue with that Monty. And do you know why I take issue with that? It's because back in 2019, nobody understood Conan as Isaurus with for, for for Portugal and I was championing that bloody song and everyone was <laughs> like was I. yeah yeah we were and I just feel like if that didn't get the respect it deserved then why should this but maybe we've moved on maybe people are ready for a little bit of difference and I'm all for that I just don't know whether the fans for this song will be in the minority rather than majority I don't think they'll be in the majority but what I do think this song has is that kind of Marmite effect you either love it or you hate it and if you love it you go this is the one I'm voting for and that will get her votes and I think that I think the theme is 
what I understand it to be is it's based as a tribute to a friend who died because he didn't have access to healthcare. So it's about how people without access to healthcare will try and self-diagnose and will go online and read all these things and then, you know, become quite obsessive about all of these things you have to do to keep yourself healthy. And therefore, it's a comment on the benefit of people having access, universal access to healthcare, so that they can be properly diagnosed and not, you know, panic themselves to death, that kind of thing. I I just think it's a really interesting message. And I just the rhythmic chorus when, you know, there's the clapping and the Bhittistrava, Bhittistrava, I just think that is going to appeal, even if you don't necessarily get the song. Um, there's an audience for this, and that audience will back it, even if that audience is not everybody. Okay. All right, we should see then. This is a surefire qualifier for me. Oh, no, I, I agree. I think it's qualifying, yeah. Song 4 is from Azerbaijan. It's by Nadir Rustamli, and it's called Fade to Black. So with a title like Fade to Black, there's no escaping that this is going to be the bleak (laughs) number, is it? (laughs) It's a perfectly good ballad. Um, It's basically a man singing over the Downton Abbey theme tune. Honestly, guys, go and check the Downton Abbey theme tune. It is exactly... (laughs) I actually was like, hold on, has he just literally just plagiarised that? Uh, But anyway, he hasn't. I think it was scraped through because Azerbaijan know how to stage at Eurovision. They will do everything they can... By hook or by crook, they will, this is qualifying. They will make sure of it. Yeah, and I reckon Nadir might actually pull off quite a big vocal. So I think this is going to land well. He's won... Did he win The Voice in Azerbaijan? He won one of the talent shows. So I think vocally, um, he's absolutely there. It's... I don't know. I, I'm not sure if this is a sure qualifier or not. I think there's just a little bit too much bleakness going on. And it's quite early in the running order. Um, and there's a bit of chaos going on around it. I don't know. I really don't know about this. It's not grabbing me as a song either this year. I quite like it, but it's not really lingering in my memory. Hmm. Okay. Next then is Georgia and Circus Mercus with the song Lock Me In. This is interesting, Monty. Thoughts? This is interesting. This is, I remember when this first came out and our good friend Roy Delaney, who runs Eurovision Apocalypse, said that everybody would be struggling to find the musical reference points in it to describe what it sounds like. And he's damn right. Yeah. Because this is, this is all over the place. There are so many different influences and so many bits in it. There is a bit of prog. There's a bit of... Um, there's a bit of jazzy funk folk as in there yeah there's all sorts in here um, and it's a real 
interesting blend. I quite there's some really good elements to this. What we haven't seen yet um, at time of recording is any kind of performance or anything to indicate who the band even are, what they look like, what's going to happen on stage. You know, they they said that they pulled their promo video um, because of the situation in Ukraine. But then they've actually submitted an official video, which is just a static cartoon, cartoon. drawing. And we've got no inclination on this at all. Which, is that a clever marketing ploy to keep everything under wraps until they get to Turin? I don't know. Certainly this is the one that people are going to be looking out for to see what we're going to get. And I really can't wait to find out. I'm not loving the song, but I'm certainly not hating it either. No, I, I, I'm interested. They've intrigued me. If, it, if it's a ploy, it's working on me. Uh, the teasers they put out beforehand of the song were alarming to me. I was a bit worried it was going to be a bit batshit crazy. And yeah, but it, it actually isn't at all. Well, it is, but, but yeah, there's but a not, song in there as well. It's not yeah, just batshit for the sake yeah, of being batshit. Yeah, and it really reminds me of that Britpop sound in the 90s where that, not not like Blur or Oasis, I mean like the Lightning Seeds and Supergrass, like that kind of, the chorus especially, the the what's going on in the verse, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I reckon this might get through to the final. Let's see how they stage it. Martin next, it's Aiden with Rick Move. Well, if they can change their song, why can't we just pick what we want to send? Okay, it's Emma Muska with I Am What I Am. Yes, changing her song from that of the winning one in the national final is a bold move, I would say, uh, considering she was asking for support and votes back then. But hey-ho, here we are. (laughs) Monty, it's upbeat. Tell me about it. It is upbeat, but, you know, it's not very engaging, is it? I've got a problem. I I know it's within the rules of the Maltese contest, you know, and they can make their own rules and they can do what they want. But I just think it's cheating the audience a little bit. You know, people have invested in the selection process, literally invested money by being Maltese and ringing up to vote. Or we've invested time and a considerable amount of time and sat through innumerable adverts for Hamilton Threadle. And we've just got something that wasn't even in the competition at the end of it. And I've got a problem with that. I don't think it's fair to get people to vote on a set of songs and then to send something completely different. So, yeah. Well. She is what she is. (laughs) It is what it is. Let's go to the next song. Oh, that's actually, because it's San Marino and it's podcast favourite here, Achille Lauro with the song Stripper. Ti fidi di me, che stupido 
Matt, we have praised Akili Laro for some time on this podcast. Last year, we talked about all of the guest performances that he delivered in Sanremo, which were all absolutely stunning pieces of performance art. All 400 of them. We loved, <laughs> we loved all 400 of them. <laughs> and finally, we've got him at Eurovision. Akili Laro is doing Eurovision, but not in the way that we might have expected him to. Not for Italy. Yes, but not also a, a song that I thought he would be bringing. I don't know how you feel about it. We've not swapped notes, dear listeners. But I want to love this so much. I really, really do. But it's just okay for me. And by Achille uh, Lauro's own standards, I think he would agree. I've always dreamed of him going to Eurovision and thought about what are we going to get? You know, just punching us in the face of this gorgeous, unapologetically queer nonchalance that he just d- delivers so well. But not this year. I like it. I don't love it. It may qualify, but I'm not so sure. I'm with you on that. And I'm a little bit frustrated that it's not a better song because he is such an interesting performer and he's turned in far more engaging performances than the performance of this in San Remo. The fact that he can do that calibre of performance that he's done in San Remo in the past in competition and as a guest artist gives me hope that with planned staging they can do something much more interesting with this than they did in what was quite a hastily cobbled together San Marinese final. But yeah, I'm a little bit, I'm kind of wishing it was Domenica that he sang in the Italian selection in San Remo this year rather than this song but I'm absolutely championing him to the hilt what I love about this there's a there's a rhyming triplet in here which is the new and far more interesting version of fire higher desire (laughs) and it's rhyming sex toy bad boy and playboy and I love it I'm absolutely here for it there's lots of sort of other phrases and bits of English peppered around the song um yeah let's see it's a bit glam rock it's a bit it's out there. There's nothing else like this this year. So I really hope that they can bring some staging to do him justice. Next is Australia. It's Sheldon Riley with Not The Same. I'm not the same. This is not the same as when Australia first started to enter, is it? Uh, no. No, agreed. But I think it's a bit of a dark horse. Like, hear me out, right? It is a very simple song. It's not quite as memorable as other songs in the competition. However, I think the staging is going to be incredible. Because one, Australia just gets it. They always have. Two... Sheldon is a real visual artist. Some of the stuff that he did on, so is X Factor or was it, what was the thing on in Australia? The Voice. I think it was The Voice. Uh, Australians will correct us. Uh, one of those shows, 
he delivered some astonishing performances. Let's see. Let's see. But I, I really like this. I haven't seen those performances. Um, but I think there is the potential here. I, I find the theme of overcoming adversity and, you know, triumphing and going from the outsider to, you know, now being celebrated. It's obviously a heartwarming theme, but I do feel we've kind of heard it a lot at Eurovision, um, which is not to take anything away from him or his own personal story. I think, you know, his own personal story is very powerful. And that's what we're hearing here. Um, I do agree with you. I think this has got the potential for some really impactful staging because there are moments in the song that lend themselves to doing something quite visual and quite arresting. Whereas there's other songs here that need something and they don't have that moment within them. And I think we'll, you know, we'll get to some of those. Yeah, I think he has to pull everything out of the bag to do this because it's a little bit kind of on the level. It's I mean, there's obviously soaring moments in the song, but it's just there's nothing there's nothing stunning about this for me. But they could bring that in the staging. Next up after Australia is Cyprus with Andromache with the song Ella. I always think it's okay if Cyprus doesn't give us a big female banger because Greece always will. But <laughs> but instead, not this year. We've got neither from neither. Um, I think it's the Mediterranean pop that Eurovision fans like and know. But it's not a banger. Let's see how this shakes out. But I'm a little bit worried about this, to be honest. I love the Greek elements of this. I love the sort of, you know, that flavour of Greek pop. I just think it's really lovely to listen to the both the language and the sounds that you get in that very, very Greek flavoured pop. Um, it's a little bit lighter and a little bit slower and less bangery than I want it to be. But, you know, not every song from Cyprus can be a Fuego-like. <laughs> we have to have... Well, something. I can't, sorry, but why not? <laughs> we have to have something that kind of, you know, breaks yeah. up the, the, the momentum, at least like, you know, maybe, you know, bring a Fuego like every other year. <laughs> they don't make it look as if you're trying to copy it every time. Um, there's lots of elements in here I really like. There's, in the video... It feels like there's this kind of like a sort of a languor and an ennui of these women's lives. And they're, it feels almost like Amos and she's obviously singing about, you know, wanting to be whisked away from there by a lover. There's an element that's slightly darker there. To me, it kind of looks sort of like quite nice and privileged on the surface. But there's something there. There's something in the styling as well. There's echoes of... Picnic a hanging rock in the video for me, which is quite a sinister tale. And there's also 
it, there's a very, very strong resemblance to The Lady of Shalott by Waterhouse, the painting, when she's in the boat. So there's this kind of pre-Raphaelite thing, but there's kind of, there's an undercurrent going on with this, particularly where there's the scenes where they sort of plunge into the, into the, the, the river or the, the, the stream that they're, that they're sat be, beside. Beautiful, beautiful chorus. I just, share that thing with you where I'm not sure if it's got enough energy to get it over the, the the line and into the final. I hope it does because it's it's one of the better songs I think. Next up then is Ireland Brooke with That's Rich. Thoughts? Well, who doesn't love a Derry girl? <laughs> There's something I really like this. It's a really, I think this is exactly the kind of thing that Ireland should be sending. Something that's upbeat, that's modern, that's not sort of looking back at where they've been, and they're trying something which is, you know, suited for the contest in the 2020s, and not looking back to the time when you know they could do no wrong in the 1990s. Those days are gone. However. Do I think there are 10 songs better than this? I think there probably are. In this semi-final, yeah. yeah. And I think she's hovering around that kind of qualification zone where it could go either way. I fear that she's not going to be as competent a performer on stage as she possibly needs to be. Having said that, there's plenty of time to work on getting this right on the stage. And they could pull off something really, really fun with this. Uh, you've just echoed everything that I think about this. It's The rec- recording of the song is actually really boppy and you get the attitude of Brooke. And I think that's what's key here. She needs to bring the attitude of the song to the big stage. But that is my big question mark, whether she can do that live. I'm happy to be proven wrong. But yeah, you're right. This needs p- careful planning to get right. North Macedonia next. It's Andrea with Circles. Your thoughts on this? I think Andrea has a beautiful voice, um, especially in the deep, low parts um, of the song. It can be a bit tricky to do that live. So if she can do that, it will really show up um, and be a real positive. But I think the song is what is holding this back a little bit. I think it will get forgotten in the mix of everything, unfortunately. But Andrea... She, she looks quite cool. I, I, I can see what they might do with her on stage. I think there's something here. My question is, is, is it enough? I don't think it is. I think, you know, we've only seen a performance in a national final, not even their own. I think the Macedonian final is possibly the first time we've ever had a national final where we've not had the songs feature 
they're because they were all pre-recorded and they were all voted on before the show. Um, so the winner was already determined and the show was a reveal. Um, but she performed in the Romanian final. I think, though, it was quite dark and it was quite static and she almost was quite angry sounding at times when she sang the song. There's something in the theme that I think is really lovely. She's saying, you know, I want to have a healthy conversation. And so something's wrong in the relationship and she's taking the initiative to try and sort it out. And I think that's a really positive um, statement. But I just don't think there's really enough in the song to carry it through. Now, you don't need a lot of money to put on a good performance. They pulled off one of the best visual effects last year with Vasil with that mirrored vest and the light shining off it. It was so simple, but so effective. So, you know, you can do something with quite a static performance, but it doesn't feel as though there's any point in this song that you could drop something like that in. And that is the difference between this and something like Australia, where there are moments of nuance and change in feel and change in tempo in the song that you could drop a really stunning visual element in. I'm not sure how they're going to get it here. And so I think this is going to just fall flat. Yeah, what are you going to hang that moment on? Mm. Well, next up then is Estonia with the song Hope by Stefan. I said hey. Cowboy, Monty. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, get those chaps on. <laughs> anyway, the song. <laughs> and this sounds, it's like a cross between Ennio Morricone and Avicii. It's got that kind of dance element and, you know, there's a real echo to things like the theme from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. There's... This kind of like Western theme came out of nowhere. It was in a f- several songs in the in the national finals. I don't think it's really got any. I think this is the only one that's got through to Eurovision, really. Um, but there were quite a lot of songs that were ploughing a similar a similar furrow. Um, I really like it. This has got a lot of energy. It's got a lot of uplift to it. Um, obviously with a title like Hope, it's a very optimistic um sounding song. And I think this this could really do the business. There's a there's moments when I'm listening to this on my headphones, and I'm like, "That's the moment that's going to really lift this." And I can I can see credits over this. I oh, really? See, I can see this as a potential surprise winner. I mean, wow! First of all, I mean, I wouldn't say that personally, but. It is a dark horse. I do think it's a dark horse because you're right. There's just something about this that's just so pleasing to listen to. It just, because it's got that, like you're on a horse riding through the desert or whatever, you know, it's like, it's got that bouncy forward motion to it. And I always think, I said it before, that's a good quality in a Eurovision song, having that forward motion all the time. It's going to have its fans that will vote for it. I, yeah. All right. But I think definitely dark horse for sure. Mm-hmm. Next up, it's Romania. With WRS, is that how you say it? WRS? 
Russ. Well, it's Scooby-Doo. Anyway, he's singing Yamabe. Hola, mi baby, baby. Yamabe. Yamabe. I, yeah. I'm into it. Some really nice stage effect in the national final. So hopefully they, that, they bring that to the Eurovision stage because, um, I hope they really support him with the staging on this one. It's going to need it just because the type of song that it is. Um, it stands out for doing something a little bit different from other things in this semi-final, especially with Estonia before it and Poland. We'll come on to that in a minute. It stands out. And yeah, I I think, not another dark horse, but I think this is through. I think this is definitely through. I think this is quite lightweight and I think it's quite cheap. But by God, I love lightweight and cheap. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so this is absolutely up my street. I, again, the upbeatness, I think, just ticks a box this year. I think anything upbeat has an advantage against the the, the more introspective songs that are um, more than peppering the lineup. I really like the sound of this. It's kind of, it's got that Hispanic sound, but there's also an element that is more a kind of Romanian Balkan sounding. So it just kind of anchors you in where it's from whilst embracing um, something else. And it's a song about forbidden love. Um, and I think there's a lot of interpretations that you can have on forbidden love. You know, it can be same sex. It can be sort of, you know, intercultural. Um, it could be sort of, you know, sort of cross dynastic. So, uh, but for me, the interpretation here is this is a big gay hands in the air banger. And that's exactly what I want from this. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Great then. So next up is Poland with Ochman with the song River. really classy from Poland what do you think I absolutely agree I mean it's another introspective song but there's something really lovely about it I think there's something quite devastating in the lyrics you know he's kind of talking about taking his body down to the river and laying down and just letting it float away so it's kind of almost this thing of it's almost like a suicidal song but I think it's really more of a metaphor for trying to cleanse something from your life but it just really stark you know he says you know I'm going to bury all of my things bury me in my skin all that I've done oh lord I'm done it's like he's at the breaking point in this but oh my god it's so powerful this is another one that I see as a real dark horse I think this is there or thereabouts in the final I think this has been going to be a really stunning result for Poland oh 100% top 10 for sure contemporary very chart friendly I likes it. Montenegro next, song 15, Vladana with Breathe. The battle for the light is bigger than you know. 
I'll kick this off, Monty, because I'm going to be quite brief. Uh, like Greece, I find this quite middle of the road. Um, slightly dated for me. And uh, I, I competently performed, but a non-qualifier for me. Just straight up. I, I just can't really remember it after yeah. the song. And that, I think, is the the killer point about it. You know, if you can't remember it when it comes to who you're going to pick up the phone to vote for, there's not really any call to vote in this. I think, you know, it's a worthy topic. It feels as though it's it's a very environmental song, you know, and talking about the, the need to have the air to breathe, to survive. So it's quite existential mm. for, you know, for the, for the human race and for the planet. Um, but is that going to be what we want to hear? In May, you know, there's a heck of a lot going on in the world. Really, we want a bit of escapism, and this isn't giving it at all. Next up, then, is Belgium, the song Miss You by Jeremy Macchiesi. Well, this is another contestant that's come through the voice, and Belgium has really mined the voice and their the voice winners and the voice successes to put on the Eurovision stage. And this is no difference this year. And you can tell, I think this is a contender for the best vocal performance of the year. I think he's got a really, really good voice. Um, it's kind of R and B themed. It's it's a really it's a nice song. It feels very contemporary. But again, I think it's one that we're really going to have to see what the staging's like because this is one of those songs that's in a group of make or break. And this could go either way. Yeah, I, I, I love the artist. I love Jeremy, but I, I'm disappointed by this song a little bit. It's not a bad song. It's fine. I think it probably could qualify. It's quite basic, though, like the, the construction, the way it's the way it's been written. And I... I yeah, I I think he's better than the song. He he's he's capable of so much more. As you say, there's a real voice there. Um, I'm not sure this song showcases that. Sweden next song seventeen. Cornelia Jacobs, hold me closer. So this is getting quite the attention. Hmm. What do you think? Well, this was one of the songs. There's two songs in this national final that really have grown on me. This was one of them. It's it's Sweden. It's it's from Melody Festivalen. You know you're going to get... If you've made the final of Melody Festivalen, then you know your song is good. But the fact that it's a grower, the fact that it's not quite... It sits in between kind of genres in some way certainly from what we, we're used to seeing from Sweden who are so down the line of what they are about all the time 
Um, it's a bit different in that sense. It's my favourite song of this year. All your original songs, which is weird because you would think I'd just absolutely jump on this and start shouting, but I just know it, it's grown on me and it's growing and growing. And it's the sentiment of the song, it's the lyrics, the bit about that both people wanted to be together but can't for whatever reason, that strikes a chord of me. And I think that's going to strike a chord of a lot of people. Yes. I think that is that point of emotion, that very specific point where you know the relationship's done, but you're kind of clinging on for that last moment. I mean, is it just the last moment of intimacy? Is it a last moment of, you know, is it breakup sex? I don't know, but she's clinging on to him, you know, before she knows when the dawn comes, it's over. It's grown on me as well, I have to say. I was really surprised when people were picking this as the winner from the first heat of Melfest because I felt I watched the whole performance and I thought she was looking for her camera cues and missing them. And I was so distracted by that, I didn't really listen to the song. And then when she did the same thing in the final, I was forced to accept that it was maybe a choreographical <laughs> choice, <laughs> not actually a mistake in her not being able to perform it very well. So it just, it came as a surprise for me because it was distracting when I watched it. Again, I'm not sure whether being a grower is a great thing for a Eurovision song. And I think this is a classic example for me of where the people who write for Melfest almost for a living, or, you know, those songwriters that come back year after year after year, they write with a purpose of emulating something which is very current and making it sound like it but different enough so there's like a, a resemblance that feels familiar but is unique enough to be an original song and there's elements of there's a very strong element of Lana Del Rey here for me in the way it goes into that chorus and the way it swoops up and it makes it feel a little bit inauthentic in, from a songwriting point of view. But I do think that she sells it very well in the vocal. And I have to say objectively, I do think this is a contender. I It's not for me. It's not quite ticking all the boxes for me. But objectively, I have to say that this is one of the songs that could win the whole thing. So the final song of the semi-final two is The Czech Republic with Lights Off by We Are Domi. Where are you now when I missed you? You're sailing around in my peripheral. Where are you now? Where are you now? Where are you now? thoughts on Lights Off? Well, it's a big bang, it's close. Uh, feels as though we've been waiting a long time for it. Um, this is a song that I think benefits from there not being so many real bangers this year. So we're kind of drawn to it, even though there's nothing groundbreaking about this song. Um, but I think it does tick enough boxes to be a really uplifting, upbeat song. I don't think it's a classic by any stretch, but I think that this year, the lack of anything so 
up-tempo is really kind of elevating this to maybe a higher place than it possibly deserves. I was at a preview party in this one, and I was a bit astonished by that. But there we go. I don't think it's going to win Eurovision, but I think it's an easy qualifier. Oh, for sure. I think it's probably the biggest grower of the lot for me in terms of when I first heard it, I thought it was very basic on first listen. But I've seen enough of it now and some live performances where I thought, oh, actually, this could go down well in the hall, which doesn't always translate to camera, but maybe this year it will. I don't know. If they stage it well, it could do really well. Watch this space. Well, watch the check space. But I, I'm just very interested to see what they do with this. This is one of those question marks. I'm like, what are you going to do with this then? Because it could it could be brilliant. And like you said, close the bloody semi-finals. <laughs> so there we are. That's all 18 songs in the second semi-final. We hope that you've enjoyed hearing our views on them. Do get in touch. Let us know what you think. We are on Twitter at Second Cherry, on Instagram at Second underscore Cherry, and on Facebook at Second Cherry Podcast. And you can email us on... Hello. At secondcherry.vision. That's... I said hello. At secondcherry.vision. We would love to hear from you. We are going to sign off now. Keep it brief. Well, after waffling on for an hour. (laughs) And we're going to be back with you next week where we're going to be looking at the automatic finalists and a little preview of Turin. Thank you for listening. See you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.